Hello and welcome back to the Entrepreneurial Coder Podcast. This is the show where I talk to developers who are in business of one form or another, and I try to get a sense of how they got to where they are and how they do the things they do. So if you're a developer who wants to get into business, or if maybe you're already in business and you just want to see where to go next, then hopefully this show is of value to you. This is episode 33 with Scott Matson. Quick announcement, I have just launched my latest teaching focus, which is going to be on security for React applications. You can find it at reactsecurity.io. So if you're a React developer and you want to find out how to do things like add authentication and authorization to your app, if you want to find out how to harden your front-end React code, then I've got some courses that will show you how to do just that. There are some free course offerings. There are some pro courses. Hopefully you can find something that is useful for you. Head over to reactsecurity.io to check it out. My guest today is Scott Matson. Scott is the Senior Web Strategy Manager at Netlify and the bootstrap founder of Plink. Plink makes smart podcast links that podcasters love and listeners deserve. Scott has been working remotely full-time in software and tech for over a decade, previously with Auth0 and OnX Maps. With a background in woodworking, audio production, songwriting, and far beyond, Scott's always creating and has been developing side projects, doing agency and consulting work, and much more throughout his career. He happily calls Western Montana home with his wife, and they enjoy exploring, traveling around the Pacific Northwest, and plan to eventually move to the Seattle area. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me, man. I'm a big fan of, I have been checking out the show, big fan of some past guests, and so, yeah, it's cool to be involved. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you for uh, for being here. And, uh, you know, you've got a lot going on uh, work-wise, side project-wise. I figure we could chat about a lot of your uh, your projects. So what maybe we can do to start, though, is let's um, let's hear about, like, all the stuff you've got going on that you would call your main stuff. So uh, you work at Netlify, and then you've got a side project called Plink. Uh, are those two, your two sort of your main focus areas work-wise right now? Yeah, yeah, that absolutely is kind of the core. Um I have a site called Maker Views as well. That's it's kind of on the back burner. Um, and then, like you mentioned at the top there, that's a great intro. Um, you know, a background in woodworking and some other things that, again, they're just kind of not in the graveyard, but they're on pause project-wise. Um, so yeah, Plank is the validation and, and adoption of that has exceeded my expectations. So there's definitely no room outside of the full-time gig to do more than than just Plank at this moment. Yeah, I, I totally understand. I have far too many interests myself and uh, and and hobbies that I want to pursue, but uh, but work stuff often consumes, especially because side project work is you know in this industry anyway is a lot of fun. Um, and so maybe we could we could dive into your side project. Uh, so Plank, uh, you know, as as uh, was read at the top, we you have a, a product here that uh, gives uh, podcast links and so smart podcast links. What to, what's that all about? Tell me about these links that. Plink uh, gives and, and kind of the motivation for the product. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so at its core, right, Plink, um, it it recognizes kind of without getting too into the weeds technically here, but it recognizes the user agent of, of incoming requests and then it'll spit out a response. Um, so if you hit a Plink link on iOS mobile, for example, we 
see that, catch that at the edge, it's uh, developed serverless, and then um, we would route you accordingly to an app that's relevant, podcast app like Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. relevant to your device. Whereas if you visit that on um, on desktop or laptop, recognize that user agent and send accordingly. Um, mm. And yeah, it, it the kind of the impetus and where it came from was with Maker Views. Um, prior to recording here, like I mentioned, I've had different podcasts myself throughout the years. Um, starting with um, this is back in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I was running a little recording studio, and so the musicians that would come through there, I would interview them. Um, that was just very creative name, but Scott Matson Productions mm-hmm. <laughs> podcast. Nice. Um, that's since been off the air. Uh, but with Maker Views, Maker Interviews platform, website, blog, I ran a short season where I was interviewing folks. And when it came to promoting the episodes, I have a site for Maker Views and for the podcast. But I wanted to, a simple, like, one-link solution to tweet out or kind of the prime real estate of, you know, the, the link in bio thing on Instagram. Right. see link tree with multiple links being used but just in tweets I was too often seeing two things one is that Apple Podcasts was being prioritized first Mm. so that you know somebody um, would share their their podcast their episode and say here's the link and that's great yeah except for when you're on an Android Um, I am iOS but at the time of creating Plank and seeing this issue and kind of that that disconnect. My wife was on a um, Google Pixel 2, and I said, this user experience just kind of sucks for mm-hmm. if you're, you know, you click an Apple link that doesn't work. So what's a universal agnostic link that will route accordingly? And that's the long answer of where gotcha. it came about. <laughs> okay, sweet. So yeah, it's like a <clears throat> it provides a path for the user to get to the podcast in the environment they want to consume it in eventually. Is that kind of the, would that sum it up? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're much better at concisely saying that. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, you gave, you gave a very good uh, sort of uh, longer definition for it. So thank you for that. Um, Tell me about like uh, kind of the, the ideation of this product as you got started. Like, did you sort of know what you wanted this thing to do immediately and then just go start building or did you spend some time talking to people to see if this was something that they wanted before uh, setting out to build it uh what did that look like yeah so it's it's interesting um you kind of forget those early days even though the early days for plank really wasn't too long ago um you know at the time of recording we're kind of mid 2020 here and it was late 2018, I guess it would be, kind of around the holidays, um, when earlier in the year I had I'd recorded the Maker Views podcast episodes and I was promoting them. So the idea came to mind. Um, and as I was becoming more active on Twitter, et cetera, and just seeing the use case of tweets with, you know, again, the link to Apple, Google, well, this would be best case scenario. Check out the show. Here's a link to Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, da 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 da, da on and on. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much fragmentation in the podcast space with X number, 20, 30, 40, I don't even know, podcatchers available. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that initially came up at that point. 
I got pretty heads down into development um, and within this time was just, this was a great creative outlet to explore serverless. Okay. It's built atop Cloudflare workers. Um, Workers had been announced as like the public beta. And so I I was one of their early um, beta users and they have a KV workers, KV key value storage. Um, So it was kind of this, like this really good marriage of, timing and just creative technical outlet for me to explore this right but it really came together when i i just threw a a quick tweet out there and saying honestly before it was even in what i would consider an alpha stage i said hey i'm looking for some beta testers and yeah it was a handful of folks maybe just like 10 or so that that i Essentially, at that time, was manually. I would just manually create the link, and I shared it with them. I said, "Test this, run it through the the ringer, mm-hmm. um, give me some feedback." And yeah, that was kind of, I guess, quarter one of 2019. It would have been, um, and then from there, the I'm gonna do big air quotes and say the launch was April of 2019. But it was mm-hmm. just kind of basically me setting the site to be indexed at that point you know, okay. you're always launching but, <clears throat> right yeah. so you yeah it was kind of a progressive rollout and then uh, the launch was really just saying hey google you can uh, you can cert- uh, you can have my my website index now um so that's really cool uh, so it's been over a year now just about over like yeah over a year because april 2019 we're now in june 2020 um did you start charging money for it right away were you kind of right out of the gates um uh, was it right out of the gate a paid product uh, or did that come in a bit later? Yeah, so this was important from me, for me from the start to monetize this. Yeah. Um, in the past, my projects and focuses have been kind of content related, um, you know, different blogs, etc. But this was the first, as I could see it, a SaaS or, you know, a niche service offering. Right. And the way it was monetized is that there's two domains, so plankhq.com for headquarters, plankhq.com. I generated programmatically with Apple, Spotify, some other APIs, a free podcast link. I call them standard now, so this is the standard plan. Any user can go there, search for a link, use the plankhq domain. It's not um, you know, very pretty looking, it's just the domain slash I subdirectory slash a series of um, a string of numbers. Right, right. But um, I knew that kind of similarly to bit.ly, the bit.ly slash you could do a custom name that I wanted to give these podcasters the option for a custom short link. Mm, right. And that's what I that's how I monetize. Um, that's one of the ways, but initially is the only way. Um, and I've tested pricing in the range of very cheap, but just annually. So each year you can get a link anywhere. Like I said, I've, I've tested between between 10 and 20 bucks for a whole year Right. for the short um, domain custom link, which is the domain is plnk.tl slash enter podcast name here, of course. Right. Um, so yeah, the beta dot or the beta testers, early adopters, I just threw them a free promo key, um, promo code. And I launched that um, in true MVP fashion with Gumroad as the <laughs> um, kind of subscription management platform. Yeah, 
That's really cool. So yeah, I, I'm just checking out the site. Uh, so plinkh2, plinkhq.com, we'll of course uh, link that up in the show notes. Uh, but I just plugged in this podcast. So the Entrepreneurial Coder, I plugged that in to uh, find the podcast smart link. And there you go, that gives you the plinkhq.com link and there's a number attached to it. Um, and then, yeah, opening up that link, it's, uh, you know, gives gives the um, pick the, the art for the podcast, the, the name, and then uh, the listen, download, and subscribe links below that. Um, so that's really cool. I, I am going to, I'm definitely going to grab a, uh, uh, what is it, pro, pro plan, I guess, right? So get pro. I'm doing this right now. I'm doing this live, real time. So here I am nice. at Stripe. <clears throat> and we're gonna we're gonna throw you 17 bucks here that's the the pro plan uh annual cost right i'm going right. to plug in my business card autofill it i'll say this is awesome for two reasons i mean i appreciate the support first and foremost um actually three reasons second being stripe is relatively new actually it took when you launch your initial MVP, your your dreams to automate things and kind of pay some technical debt. Right. For me, especially with the full time thing, took a lot, a hell of a lot longer than I expected. So Stripe is relatively new, um, but I'm and you know so third being the opportunity for live user testing is cool. So I'm curious to hear what uh, what you think. And sweet, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, no, this looks really good. What's so I'm just at the second stage now where it's asking for email and license key and it says license key from purchase receipt so that's in the stripe receipt yeah so i on my end um there's a function where during your purchase via stripe webhook i then you know when, when a new customer is created send myself saying hey here's a new customer and to you i trigger through mailgun um, server side you should have an email with the license key of course, this is ironic that you and I both, though we missed each other, are Auth0, Auth0 alumni. Right, right. And the fact that I chose to roll my own authentication, but this is what <laughs> I've done. So, yeah, you can do the the email and license key, which you should see in email. Cool. Yeah, awesome. So I, I got the license key here. going to just plug this in to finish up the process. Log in finish creating your link and then so the entrepreneurial coder podcast will go in here and so this is a place too where um, you know of course audio given the the, me the medium that we're, we're discussing it, it's a little hard to maybe visualize what's happening but Ryan logged in and behind that um, after you know the license key that I created based off this new customer entry it goes kind of through <clears throat> a similar search and claim functionality that you see on the front end of Plink for free links. Um, but then at that point, you know, you can enter your plnk.to slash ecoder or whatever you're going to enter for your short link. Yeah, I put uh, Coder um, Podcast. So we'll match up the, the Twitter handle. <clears throat> nice, yeah. And then there's there's functionality too that I do want to call out. I see your. I just got my email. New Plank KV created. So there's the key value storage for slash coder podcast. Sweet. Um, so I know that you succeeded. Awesome. Um, as you saw, there was the the iTunes affiliate option or Spotify update option. Too. Yeah. So what are those about? I, I I didn't I didn't really want to look into that just because we're on the on on the air as it were right now. But uh, what what uh, what's what were those two options for? Yeah. So. 
I mean, you're um, obviously, I'm sure, familiar with um, affiliate marketing yes, concepts yep. and things of that nature, so Amazon affiliate, etc. iTunes, while well, iTunes is dead, it's now, you know, separated into, into Apple Podcasts, Apple Music, etc. But <clears throat> it's technically called Apple Services Affiliate Program now, I believe. Um, so if you wanted to, prior to your creation, sign up for that, then at that point during onboarding, you could enter your unique affiliate code so that every time somebody hits and routes through your um, slash coder podcast link, mm-hmm. it'll cookie um, cookie that person with your Apple affiliate oh, program okay. link. So then if they follow through and they buy something in Apple Music, they buy a book, something, you get a small kickback. Okay. Cool. Sweet. So yeah, maybe I guess there's probably an option to like change that later. I would assume. Eh? Yeah, yeah. And cool. again, I mean, you can. I think I'm humble, and and um, it's weird to say, you know, humble, but critic. No, let's say critical. I'm critical. You could probably see, and honestly, I would love some live feedback, but that things still feel a little bit MVP-ish mm-hmm. um, as far as that goes. But I have different experiences for different um kind of flows yeah of course you you bought pro you can see there's the business flow which is um more for the folks that you know have like cbs sports and and some other folks to where it's a little more expensive but with that Mm. the web app is more robust you can add google analytics functionality so you can see some analytics data um Sweet. pixel tracking and yeah other things like that so what what's the spread then between like for your subscribers uh are most of them on, most of them on pro and then a small handful on business or what, what does the spread look like yeah so it's premium so i mean the spread undoubtedly is majority there's thousands of um creators sharing free plank hq links yep the pro is in <clears throat> it's in like the mid hundreds, like, you know, if he's, you know, 100 to 1000 in that mid hundreds range. Yep. And so again, more than I ever expected, um, within the first year, it was, it was a couple hundred. And honestly, this first quarter, we're almost through quarter two here. It's been pretty amazing, the growth. I mean, I wake up to multiple orders and and just the automated notion of it is is really yeah cool. that's that's huge. There is like hardly a better feeling I think in being in the uh, the the web industry I guess than uh, being able to set up an a product that has an automated sales flow and being able to wake up to notifications that you made money while you were sleeping. That's a that's yeah. a cool feeling. I, I I've enjoyed that for sure. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's awesome, isn't it, man? Yeah, I mean, there's. There's not much better to enjoy your morning coffee on than looking through emails, seeing, oh wow, cool, new new custom pro subscriber. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's really cool. Well, congrats on uh, on all that. I mean, like this this is looking really good, man. And and I'm glad that I've uh, you know now got a link to send people the podcast where they would want to consume it. Um, so much appreciated. Uh, maybe we could chat about kind of the where you see this going, I suppose, Plank, uh, and how your your kind of your day job, I guess, your your main gig fits in, um, you know, because I think a lot of developers out there, you know, they they've got they've got this idea that they they'd like to do kind of a side project, maybe that's going to 
uh, start to, to generate uh, the kinds of revenues that they would be getting from their, their main job, and then they might just switch out to their side project, make their side project their main gig. Is that um, what you are hoping to do? Is that, what you, is that where you're aiming? Um, or do you see it more as like a, something you can just have on the side and, and bring along with you? What's your, what's your goal, I guess, with Blink? Yeah, so I will say that just to kind of round off um, something that I, I, on the last question that I, I kind of passed over, um, would be that, you know, like you said, the spread, so thousands, um, free, hun mid, mid hundreds paid pro, um, and then a select few business. But all that to be said is that this is great supplemental income. It's definitely not, um, you know, full-time job replacement income. But uh, on the same notion, I don't have that goal. And my goal is in most of my projects is just personal growth yep. um, portfolio building and i've realized this more and more as i actually dove pretty deep into the route of what would this look like if i took plank full time i mean you and i both know you as a host especially podcast podcasting ecosystem in general this is the golden age it's yeah. having a, an extreme boom there's um, there's a lot of directions I've considered and ways that I could go here. Um, mm -hmm. So one of those being, I left um, Auth0 after a couple of years this past fall. So 2019, um, got the Netlify offer and just had a little space in between of a couple of weeks. A lot of things came to a head at that time where... I accepted Netlify. This was September, October, I believe. You know, give give my resignation. Honestly, very bittersweet. I was yeah. enjoying the mission and vision of of Austria and gone. My experience too. Yeah, it was bittersweet for sure. Yeah, and so that was it was hard to move on. I believe in what they're doing, um, but similarly um, with Netlify, you know, there's there's some great things brewing and happening too. Yep. Um, but then uh, something that complicated it more was I got an invitation on behalf of Plink to a Techstars um, event in New York City. Oh, okay. And that was not to pitch to become in their main accelerator program. This was through an alumni network at the University of Montana. Um, someone I'd been consulting with for, for a while on Plink, he invited me again on behalf as just an alumni to go to this kind of college aged group which I'm well beyond pushing 30 now and the the whole vibe was pretty good it was a nice experience networking wise um, but VC wise and kind of that route and what I could see in my future of doing plank taking on funding I said no this isn't mm. this isn't what I want I I enjoy doing this on the side I'm bootstrap profitable and yeah. proud as people say yeah yeah honestly and so maybe one day i've done some forecasting maybe one day which again a big maybe and with the forecasting this would be five six years down the road it could become the full-time thing but as of right now i'm totally just happy um you know kind of chipping away on the side yeah that's really cool man that's um that's good to hear i you know something that i've been thinking a lot about recently and something that i think has changed a little bit in my mindset um recently is that i'm becoming a little bit more calm and maybe a little bit more content with the fact that i can build 
products on the side and there's no rush. So what mm-hmm. does that mean? I, I, for a long time, have been under this, I don't know, this self-imposed pressure that if I'm going to do some kind of product, uh, it needs to be done very quickly. I need to do it now. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. my my time to build products, potential products, is going to expire somehow. You know what I mean? I, I don't know where this comes from exactly, but I've had that sort of yeah. self-imposed mindset for, for a long time. And, you know, I, and it, it's caused me to, I don't know, it's caused me to work hard in some regards, but it's also caused mm-hmm. a little bit of unrest, I, I would say, right? And so I, I'm entering this kind of, I guess, this new era. Like I left Auth0 um, back in 2017 and started uh, consulting on my own. So I've, I've been serving a number of clients over the last two and a half years, and it's been very good. I've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, the, that client work <clears throat> largely continues uh, and, you know, super profitable. Everything's great. Um, recently, I felt as though my growth as a developer has been stagnating quite a bit. So I, um, I'm i starting up a, a new gig like we were talking about uh, just earlier. I'm starting up a new gig with Prisma uh, pretty soon. And I think along with this decision to go work at Prisma and, and leave not leave the consulting gig because I'll still be serving, you know, clients in some fashion uh, to some capacity. I am, I'm, I'm going into it sort of more content that like I can do stuff on the side. I can build side projects, monetize them maybe. Um, if not, then whatever. I, I, I'm more content about that now. I, I've still got, you know, goals of, of making products that will be automatically generating revenue, um, you know, s- setting them up, setting something up of value that can can run on its own, essentially, you know, without a whole lot of intervention. That's the goal still, but I, I feel a lot less uh, frantic about it now, I suppose. Um, so, so I'm, yeah, I, I've entered this new realm of curiosity about how to run like a, a side project that you want to monetize along with with like a day job. And so it's really good to hear that, you know, it's been working, working super well for you. Um, I wonder maybe if we could chat about what that looks like in terms of how you split up your time between your, your day job and and work on Plink. And, you know, if it's uh, a lot of overhead to to work on Plink, you know, what what your what the arrangement perhaps looks like between your managers at Netlify and you know what what you have to kind of do do to assure them that you know you're going to get your your Netlify work done but but you still want to work on your your side project stuff um yeah go into some detail on that let me know how that uh, how that's all set up yeah absolutely i'd love to touch i just i, I want to reflect and, and respond to what you said i think that's how could you not, especially with your podcast here, your you know, and the the folks you're speaking to, very product driven. Of course, you know you've had Justin Jackson, Kelly Vaughn in her shop Shopify agency, um, Chris at Scotch.io, Adam Lathan, and so many folks that it's like I am in this same space with you as well, and and that itch and that drive and that pull, it, it can be sometimes kind of to the point of so debilitating where you want something so bad, but it's just like you're frozen. Yeah. Um, and, and with the product side of things, especially I can, I can relate to where, what you just said, I've, I've done agency and consulting. I still do to this day. Um, and, and the allure, but yet of, of product and of SAS, but yet the, the bandwidth that it takes yeah. is just, it's wild. Um, so I really, Congrats on Prisma, and I think that, Thanks. of course, with with Netlify, and you know, there's some good overlap, and maybe we'll 
collaborate there in the future. Yeah, totally. Um, the jam stack is is hopping just like podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. But, that's yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, so that's. I just wanted to respond to that. That's spot on. And there's this notion that I would listen to different side hustle podcasts or um, like Chris Gillibo side hustle ideas when I was younger and. And I always wanted, <clears throat> I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I always wanted, and I've always been creating things. Like you said at the top, woodworking, songwriting, audio production. I mean, the list goes on. It's very somewhat shallow, but extremely wide in a lot of mm. areas. Mm -hmm. um, I just enjoy learning new things. And, and I always had that notion in the back of my mind of this risk of, you know, I'm just going to quit my day job and just do it and just give it a shot and just yeah. go for it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. for a multi, you know, multiple reasons, as you grow up, um, got married, we have a mortgage, there's adult responsibilities. It's like, that's not the reality of what I can do, one. And, and two is just like, that is not appealing. Why not gain validation early, gain validation often, build mm -hmm. things for paying customers. Don't just take a leap of faith with, frankly nothing um yeah yeah yeah, yeah so. i hear you for sure it's uh yeah yeah and and i don't you know maybe you felt this before too maybe or maybe i'm alone in it i don't know but like this feeling that like there's only there's there, there's a time at which you know i won't be able to make uh side projects anymore or make potential products that might turn into paid products for some reason there's just like this <laughs> there's this like expiry date that I've got set in my mind. I don't know, but it, it's, there's no actual date to it. There, it's just like, oh, you better do it now or else, you know, the you better do it now or else this fad of the Internet is going to go away. You know what I mean? It's like this feeling that yeah. it's this feeling that this is all going to go away at some point and there, there won't be, you know, this kind of gold rush that we're in now where you can, you know, if you know how to if you know how to code, you can make a product that can, can earn some revenue in a sort of an, a semi-automated fashion. So I don't know, but, I, uh, but that's, that's definitely the mindset that I've had before, which it, which is starting to, it's starting to, I think, repair itself a little bit, thankfully. That's great. Honestly, that that's super great to hear. And I'm, I'm happy for you that it is it. It can be a weird imposter syndrome and just kind of a weird place to be in. I've, you know, having been there myself too, but on the same notion, like don't look at look at Justin Jackson, Transistor FM. Look yeah. at his story, and I think he's pushing forty, maybe even past forty. Um, but he's shared this openly on his Build Your SaaS podcast, where you know for years he's had Mega Maker and um, different info products and things he's launched and been successful with. But he felt that expiration, you know, expiry date concept similarly with SaaS, I think, but but he's he came to grass um with it and yeah and, yeah and realized, and I, I got the sense too from listening to his story on that that it, it was at the point where he sort of came to peace with it that things started to take off in this you know paradoxical way right, right? like i think he talks about how a lot of his efforts early on were like him thrashing around i think he says trying to like look for ways to make products and, and make make stuff that's going to make money and I think mm -hmm. it was at the point that he decided to chill out a little bit that he was able to focus effectively, right? So I think that's, uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm heading into that that uh, I guess more beneficial mindset, which I think it will be. Um, but yeah, yeah. And so I think there's, go ahead. You know, going on to Prisma and and what you've 
you know, um, in 2017, what you built at Austero and then kind of this, this interim time, there's, everybody's journey is different. And there are extremely, I, I value and I look up to and, um, really connect with like different executives and folks at these tech companies I am working at. And I'm like, you know, what success looks different for everyone. And, and it doesn't always have to be the entrepreneurship route or, Honestly, you can be an entrepreneur while being an employee yeah. um, within a company and just bring that mindset to the company and yeah. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's an interesting new era that uh that I'm headed into, which uh you know, I could I could definitely kind of get back to what we were going to talk about next. I could use some tips on on how to juggle the side project stuff with the uh the day job because I'll be doing you know, the, of course, my my day job will be doing my work at Prisma, but I I also want to do stuff on the side, much like you've done. Uh, look, I want to look especially to do um, you know still still offer courses that I'll sell, uh, still mm-hmm. do some of that stuff, but also want to look at you know maybe creating some uh, products that are more in the SaaS realm. Um, so, uh, tell me about how that sort of all sits together, I suppose, for you with uh, with Netlify during the day, and then like when do you work on Plink stuff? Is it sort of mixed in, or is it at set times? Yeah. So, right, and I appreciate and and thanks for asking that. It. Um, I will preface that I'm no expert at this, and I'm I'm still figuring it out. And each, you know, it looked different in Auth Zero that it doesn't right now at Netlify. Um, Similarly, my, my wife is a, is a grad. Um, she's in a master's program here at the university. So currently it's summertime. Um, she is doing a summer course, but during the semesters, that looks a little different. And so kind of the, the balance, work life, work side project life, etc., cetera, look, looks different season by season, month right. by month for me. Um, there's definitely some overarching themes that I have in the, in the sense of, like time boxing or scheduling and sticking to a calendar. I, I've i never been super organized, but that has just been critical. I will do early morning blocks for, okay, so I know that I'm a bit behind on some plank support requests or I, there's a bug I need to fix. I will block off an hour early morning prior to, um, to Net- Netlify or later evening if I know, hey, my wife's in this, um, I don't have to cook. I don't know, no responsibility for the house. She's in her, her night class between six and seven. So, hey, I've got a free hour, free couple hours. Let me let me work on a few things here. Right. And so it's been, undoubtedly, it's primarily mornings, nights, and weekends. But there's, um, when you have customer calls and discovery calls or, you know, I'm, I'm servicing SAP, CBS Sports, like I said, some of these big clients, they don't mm. want to talk to an indie hacker at 3 p.m. on a Sunday because that's the <laughs> only time that that person can speak. Yeah. yeah. So I'm definitely taking, I mean, we're connecting right now, um, taking midday calls. This is kind of few and far between, yeah. you know, maybe two, three a month, but during um, regular, what you might call Netlify time. But But that's all to be said is that that's the beauty of the modern workforce and, mm. and era and remote work is that, you know, as you know from Osiro and your remote client work is you can make that time up. And yeah. as long as I'm just very aware to make sure that nothing is falling behind, I have yeah. priorities of honestly, you know, family, home, and then Netlify yeah. and then Plank and then everything else. And it's just prioritizing um, 
and scheduling accordingly. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I, so <clears throat> when I started working at Zero, that was the first like remote job that I had. And, and part of the allure was like, man, I've got this job where I can, you know, it doesn't really matter where, like what hours I work, just as long as I get my work done, you know? Um, it's really cool that I'm able to just, you know, go do something in the morning and then make it up in the evening or whatever. And one thing that I found is like doing that for a couple of years that it's actually not so desirable, at least in my case, after doing it for a while, like I, I much, so like one of the conversations that I had, uh, that I've had already at Prisma with, with my manager is like the, the work hours that I want to do. And when I was thinking about it, I'm like, back four or five years ago, you know, I, I wouldn't have so much wanted to have this concept of like, oh, what hours are you going to be online for your remote job? But now I'm at a point in life where I'm like, yes, I want some like set hours so that I like, I've got some boundaries around when I'm going to be doing work, right? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun to be able to like, just, you know, and, and there's obviously still freedom within that if you want to rearrange a bit like you know it's it's fine or whatever but but i just i, I remember like at all zero it was that was great having this flexibility but it was also detrimental in some ways because you would you know there's there's a mm -hmm. sense that you're never really offline there's a sense that like you're mixing your work stuff in with family stuff and with all the other other things going on in your life with your side projects so i'm actually looking forward now to having some of these like set work hours which is you know not not as um common i suppose now as we're getting into this remote uh this remote work era that we're in yeah no that's spot on man i think i think especially the first few months i had gone from transitioning from a um a SaaS startup here was was started really early on an outdoor mapping application consumer app um I think higher number 25 or 30 and I left after their their series A and they were 100 folks or so but that was in person that was two and a half years seeing you know the same people in the office every day and going remote can be obviously the the whole I mean not the whole world you know but those of us who are fortunate to be able to do what we're doing in in this current era from home again I mean that's that's a huge point in and of yep. itself I, I feel extremely fortunate that my work can continue one um but that first like th two three four months is really foundational and critical it can be alarming it can be so the fact that you're having these conversations of the set hours what balance is going to look like mm -hmm. setting expectations i think that's great and i hope that more more orgs are are doing that and and similarly i see that at netlify to where they give us our weekends. Our weekends are mm. our weekends. They're not expecting a bunch of instant Slack responses or, yep. of course, something catches, you know, if some fire we need to um, take care of. That is that is what it is. Um, but it's huge. And, and in remote work, I, again, am no expert in the form of being kind of by nature an obsessive person on what I'm working on. Right. That ever looming overwork ever looming burnout is present undoubtedly mm -hmm. so if you can set that like you are now and i've been telling myself this more and more right. is like close the door to the office at night 
Mm. Do not go back there. You know, just yeah, yeah. set aside a space. Um, yeah, because it's it's hard to disconnect at times. But yeah, yeah, totally. So you've got Plink going on. Is there anything else that you do product-wise? Like, do you do any kind of info products? Do you do anything? Um, have you got any other side projects that you've got on the horizon? Or is is Plink going to be your focus for the kind of foreseeable future side project-wise, do you think? Yeah, so I've, I've got a major case of the entrepreneurial shiny object syndrome, mm, ADD. Yep. <laughs> I know that one. In the form of do you know that? I know that one for sure, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know that one. Okay. Yeah, mo- most folks do. And I think of a funny thing that I always ask when um, when I connect with like fellow founders and, and indie hackers is, you know, what kind of domains do you have that are not developed? Like what ideas have you gone so far as, you know, grabbing a Twitter handle, creating a logo, domains, right. but then you've just set on the back burner. And so I, I definitely have a lot of those. Um the latest of which is campgroundly.com, so campgroundly.com. Okay. I don't think I'm going to pursue, but would essentially be, could support the U.S. and Canada in the form of um, a directory for campsites and their availability, and then a two-sided marketplace, both for supply and demand to um, process the payments and the reservations and take a small percentage fee would be the model, but that's that's as of late um an idea um i'll say this that with that shiny object syndrome my wife is my silent co-founder in all of this and kind of my the person that brings me back to reality Mm, I i share these ideas and you know and i put some get some feelers out there maybe get a little validation from from folks or and different mentors and um i'm i'm big on Mentorship, and I have um, a pretty sound network that I feel I wouldn't even be close to where I am, you know, kind of mentally and and work-wise if if I didn't have them. Um, and I would say honestly, the the biggest of which, again, silent co-founder is my wife. So she's recognized. You have maker views, maker interviews. You know, I've got that's a series of probably a hundred um, text-based interviews, a few podcasts. Nice. And that uh, has just been a good, fun side project hobby. Um, I have my consultancy. She said, you know, I, I see her scoping out the campground space. Um, there's undeniably other spaces I've scoped out, given my woodworking background. So yep. I think that construction, woodworking, these very specialized services are in need, in dire need of some tech disruption. They're pretty antiquated. Yeah, totally. And so I've dug into that a bit too, but all that to be said and where I'm kind of getting at is, is my wife recognizing and seeing and saying, okay, so Plink is doing well. You've got validation. This is nice. This is income for us. Our savings account is pretty padded from Plink. Thanks. I mean, this is sweet. And I'm, I'm stoked on that. Again, I'm glad I didn't pursue the route of um, taking on funding and being beholden to somebody else. Totally. Um, so it's good profit podcasting's booming there's b2b opportunities there's all these things on the horizon that i've dreamed up but yet i'm also looking at a as at a second or third or fourth project it, it's finding that you know this is my kind of <laughs> stream of consciousness answer and i apologize for the ramble but 
finding that focus like you spoke to, um, recognizing that, listening to external feedback from from folks is is critical. And so all that to be said is that my focus is primarily just on Plank, be it be it side project wise. Um, nice, cool. You know, I've I've got all these things I've scoped. I've considered some courses. I know quite a bit around um, SEO, and I, I feel pretty specialized in some areas that yeah. I undoubtedly could launch something in. But it's you know the bandwidth, avoiding burnout, staying focused, looking at what is working, mm-hmm. and just fine tuning that has kind of been my my thought process recently. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's smart to I'm avoid burnout. Yeah, the have you have you gotten close to it? Do you think at all? I I, I don't think I've. I mean, I don't know. I, I suppose it's hard to self-assess. I, I don't think I've ever suffered from like true burnout. Um, but it, but there have been periods of time where I've been like you know, pedal to the metal, kind of working, whether it be sort of a client project that's that I'm behind on that I really need to crank out code for, or if it's just like a bunch of stuff all at the same time. That's that's caused stress. Like definitely, um, you know, I've felt the stress, the the crunch of, of many things going on. I don't think I've I've approached burnout, at least not that I can remember. But I, I wonder, have you like do you think you've gotten close to that? And and I don't know, like what are the what are the signs you might be sort of headed headed in that direction, do you think? Yeah, again, I don't want to speak as with any form of uh, like expertise here, but I, I think I've definitely kind of um walked that line and, and been there. Um with, you know, just, just putting too much on my plate in yeah. in the past. Um and actually saying yes to all of these things, I, I've learned that I need to start saying no. Yeah. Um, of course, I want to build every feature every customer asks for, but that's just not plausible and doable. Um, and yeah, I, I would say warning signs. I mean, there's, well, here's kind of an interesting topic too, is the fact of what we're all experiencing what as, as humanity globally going through right now is is undoubtedly scary exhausting um, frightening mm-hmm. uncertain in and of itself so then if you add you know kind of the roller coaster of entrepreneurship or um, the uncertainties of, of maybe a company that's struggling or right. a company that has closed like I, I think that there are a lot of folks and I will say myself included that at this point in time especially could benefit from something like headspace or Hmm, you know so meditation mindfulness um going on walks and and so i think i want to shift that question more from the you know if you don't mind from what it looks like to what the recovery could be yeah of course yeah yep um yeah what do you what are your thoughts on that like meditation apps are, are great um yeah have you benefited from those um in your your life yeah, yeah. So I've definitely benefited from that. Um, I don't know if so. So I'm vulnerable and open about um, about you know like mental illness and and anxiety and things that I struggle with. And and one of the biggest um, positives in my life is seeing a therapist on a regular basis. Nice. Yeah, that's huge. And so yeah, I know this actually is a shout out to Auth Zero. And I don't know, did you work with Gonto? Yeah, yeah. He's team? the one who hired me actually. So Ganto is a huge proponent of therapy, and in Argentina, that's that's a lot more destigmatized. Um, it's de- so it's more, it's more of a stigma, like in North America, you would say. 
I would say so. <laughs> um, I, you know, and that, that's just my perception that having traveled to Buenos Aires and, and kind of seeing and exploring and researching is that therapy is extremely common there. Yeah, okay. Um, and I, I just thought that was a cool aspect of, of Austria and the leadership there um, being cool. primarily Argentinian. And so, yeah, I mean, I've, again, throughout the years, um, that, that's been a major positive for me. But tools that, that a therapist may give would include, like, like headspace or yeah. any kind of coaching. Let's say if, uh, you, you know, if life coaching or business coaching, I, I was speaking with that advisor. They always recommend time away. And, and you got to mm. think on that, you know, when they're saying in order to be successful, in order to be present happy all the above take some damn time away like don't just be heads down all the time yep it's stephen king's the shining all work and no playmate jack a dull boy (laughs) you know it's like that's critical yep Um, yeah yeah. i agree yeah i've definitely benefited from uh from all of the above for sure and and you know apps like headspace and uh calm have been good those are they're they're good to you know guide along the way to get to a point where you can sort of help to manage your stress help to manage anxiety and stuff like that so so i'd recommend those as well those are good tools for sure um yeah i mean i think like from from my perspective too like there there's different seasons i think thankfully anyway for for in my experience there, there have been different seasons of busyness where it's not like it's not it's not that like all year round that kind of work stress is there, but it's uh, it comes comes and goes, and and that's fortunate, and I think that's what has allowed my, you know, keeping keeping away from burnout is like it'll be really busy for a while, but then after after that there is a period of calm which helps me to recoup, and so yeah, my my fear would be that it if I were to get to a point where it's like 365 days a year of that kind of intense work where it's main job side project client work all sort of vying for my attention that that would be a little bit a little bit of a monster to deal with yeah it um again i think goes back to like you were saying that setting the the scheduling and and boundaries and and closing the door and and just just making sure that as much as especially as entrepreneurs indie hackers makers whatever creator creatives whatever you want to call us is as much as we self-identify with X, with Plink is my baby. There's no yep. doubt. I'm going to say I'm proud. I'm happy. I'm know that you are much more than just that, than just work. You know. Yeah. Um, and exploring that, and and you're in Ottawa, right? You're in Canada. Yeah, yeah, I am. Do you find you you mentioned seasonally? I find this for myself that legitimately seasonally in the winter be it that western montana and similarly you know we see a lot of snow it's gray Mm -hmm. gloomy not much sunlight um daylight do you find yourself working more in the in the winters and seasonally like that i yeah i mean it depends what's going on but i think i think that might be true um from my from what i've experienced over the last couple of years i think it's like I mean, there, there's less to perhaps in the environment to look forward to in some ways, like, you know, getting outdoors, unless you like the outdoors in the winter. Even then, if you do, though, it's, you know, it's still a little bit of a, or at least it can be a little bit of a burden to, to get out there in the cold. Um, mm-hmm. 
which which coops me up a little bit more inside. And I think when I'm inside, my well, I mean, one of my habits is what's going on on my laptop. Is there any work to be done? You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. kind of like a a reflex in some ways. I think in that regard. So yeah, yeah, I think so. I think wintertime. I might be, you know, heads down on my computer, even just reflexively more than I would be in the summertime. Um, so, right. f- so certainly like, you know, when the summer season is here, I think that's a, it's a good time to, to chill out a little bit more right now. I'm, I'm feeling the pinch right now because I'm leading up to a, uh, a, a release for, for this react security course that'll be coming out at the end of the month. And, um, you know, it's always with a, with a course release, at least the, w- the way that I approach it is like, I think it's going to take a, you know, just a little bit of time and then it ends up taking a long time. And, and this is no, uh, <laughs> this is no exception. So I'm definitely kind of grinding out the, the course right now and, and feeling, feeling the pinch of it a bit, but, but once that's done, it'll be some time off before starting the new gig. And then with a plan to, uh, you know, to relax a bit more. So, so certainly the, you know, the, the seasons, the actual seasons outside play a role and, and then the seasonality of like the, the work itself i think is is big too yeah spot on i i can 110 percent, you know relate to that and congrats on the the upcoming course thanks Uh, yeah that 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 is no small feat i mean just like having run a podcast myself too do you edit this all yourself do you outsource that Um, i edit it but it's not a big deal really i've got it set up set it up sorry i've got it set up now where i just drop in the audio files and kind of plop in the intro and outro and, and it's pretty much okay. good to go. Um, you know, it's not, it's not okay. a big deal. It's, uh, it's pretty easy, but, but I've thought about outsourcing it. Maybe just like completely getting rid of the whole like post-production, um, aspect of it. Uh, let mm. somebody edit it, let somebody upload it and promote it and stuff like that. But, uh, but I haven't gotten there yet though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just asked because I know, having been so close to content creation, both in firsthand doing that, but also working. I worked once upon a time with a, an individual um, woodworker. And again, going back to that mentorship, a pretty early mentor of mine in in entrepreneurship and um, online businesses in general. But mm-hmm. seeing kind of the, just the, the depth of what that, content creation process and especially YouTube videos mm. and the different syndication not only was there the video production there was the the post production like you say the the blog post the promoting the distribution yeah it's like for one person to take that on is wow it's no small so feat much to it highly, yeah. yeah and yeah that probably plays into the the yeah, seasonality, like I, th- say, I think you're right about probably. that. And, and I've started <clears throat> just recently, I've started to um, delegate quite a bit more in my business, which has been beneficial, right? So I've got, <clears throat> I've got a friend. So this, it was kind of happenstance, but I've got uh, a friend who uh, he, because of the COVID situation, um, he's sort of kind of quasi been laid off from his job, but uh, he's waiting on a call back sort of thing. And so he's been looking for for something to do essentially. And so I said, if you want to do some like more admin type stuff for me, then you know I can bring you in to to essentially do do some stuff. And uh, I've just been loving this ability to delegate some of the things that uh, you know have been more so just like things that 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 uh, cause me to lose focus on on my main tasks, I guess. Yeah, that's that's spot on, and I'm. Uh, um it's great to hear that you're able to do that. I think that if there was one thing with Plank I could outsource or, you know, 
Well, well, twofold. I mean, as creators too, we want control out of what we make and what we do and what we put out into the world. And so I'm a little bit hesitant to give up some of that control. So, yeah. I mean, I applaud you for, you know, being able to do that. And that's unique situation that you're helping a friend. That's cool. Um, and on the same notion though, I think if I could outsource some support, it would help kind of the, the stress load, the workload. Um, but what I've chosen to do is I know you're a developer. I would say hybrid too. I mean, senior work, you're, you're a good designer. I am in no way going to say that I am a designer. I have a bit of web design background, but product design, UX, UI, I'm not specialized in that. So I'm fortunate that Plank has some revenue that I am choosing to, um, beyond just, just saving, to reinvest. And so I'm actually going through a small engagement with a design contractor nice. right now um, for some new features. and. That's been monumental to see that, to, to not only be on the other side of, of consulting to hire um, and go through that, but yeah, it's it's taken a lot of mental pressure off on this feature that I've wanted to do for six, seven, eight months, um, just to have a specialist come in and help. That can, that can yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Delegating has been, been beneficial, so I'm going to continue to do that. Well, that's probably a good uh, place to start wrapping up. I know that we're kind of past our hour now, but thanks for, for going past. And um, yeah, it's been great to chat with you, man. I, I really have uh, enjoyed this conversation. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that things are going well with Plink and you know with Netlify, of course. So wish you all the best and, and all the success in the world as you continue to uh, develop Plink and whatever other side projects may come. Yeah, man. Thanks, thanks again for having me. Like I said, I, I admire a lot of the... Um, and I'm, I'm good friends like with Chris at scotch.io um, and, and you know it's cool that even though we we didn't cross paths we have that Auth0 connection yep. the alumni there um, for the listeners that can't see this he's wearing his Auth0 <laughs> uh, logo t-shirt and I thought that was pretty sweet um, yep. and yeah good luck with, with transitioning to Prisma and the course launch and all the above for you appreciate it yeah thanks alright we'll see you around the web sweet thanks Ryan Thank you so much once again for tuning into the Entrepreneurial Coder podcast today. This has been episode 33 with Scott Matson. You can find show notes, including links to all the resources that Scott mentioned at ecpodcast.io. If you'd like to follow along on Twitter, it's twitter.com slash coderpodcast. And if you would like to subscribe, you can go to ecpodcast.io slash subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would be awesome if you could leave a rating and review. Until next time, happy hacking.